Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Cillian Murphy's favorite football pod. Oh my <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, that's right. Really? That's right. I'm joined by my producer, obviously, my illustrious producer, Joe Thiessen. Uh That one was for you, my dude. That was amazing. Yeah. Is that why you asked me his name twice at lunch today? No, actually, I just literally thought of this now. I, I, I've on my on my um, you were computer. I have Peaky Blinders cast, and he's oh the first one that came God. up. <laughs> I, I just, I know you've been so gay for for Peaky Blinders lately yeah. that uh, you know I figured <laughs> I'd give you a chance to maybe talk about it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've been really into Peaky Blinders lately, like a lot. Um, <laughs> Uh, past two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, past two. How many episodes have you watched in two days? Uh, four. Four? Okay, that's yeah. not bad. How long are the episodes? Uh, like 40 minutes. Okay, so it's like sort of that hour long almost. Yeah, episode. I watched it at lunch. I was. I don't know yeah. if you saw me. No, I saw you. So, I was watching it on my lunch break yeah, today. For those of you that don't know, uh, Joe and I work together at the same place. Shockingly, this is not our full-time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although we are making more money. No, more than enough. It's like a hand over fist mm-hmm. doing this podcast. Uh, but Joe was watching Peaky Blinders on his lunch break with the sound off and the subtitles on. <laughs> you, got you, my earbuds. Uh, you, then don't watch. No. Yeah. It's Dude, just, once you connect and you watch the show, you don't need the words. You don't need the audio. I disagree. You can hear. You can hear the voices. You can. It's it's awesome. If you, by hearing the voices you mean reading the subtitles, then yeah. No, you sure. get you can get kind of the ambiance. Like you get the, the vibe. Uh, the vibe that's that what they episode have going were on. you on when today when you were watching when you were watching it like that? I started episode two now I'm on episode four so you're telling me in one episode you got the vibe enough to watch it with the sound off yes after about five episodes you can watch it with the sound off and you don't even need to look at it yeah yeah that's what they say actually yeah it's just you'll be able to feel it mm-hmm. vibrations you can put like your hand on your phone speaker <laughs> and, but except the speaker won't be doing anything because the sounds <laughs> off it's like uh, Morse code <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's great for a podcast closing my eyes and yeah he's doing he's closing his eyes right now and he's moving his hand around as if he's like doing morse code for those of you that don't know that's great which is everyone yeah you uh, don't know for those of you that don't know this is the average joe football show um where two guys named joe host a podcast uh about football uh, I know football joe does not my other my illustrious producer not a not a huge football guy although uh, you know, through this entire season, I feel like you've you've picked up on some things, and you've yeah. impressed me at times. Oh, you've impressed me, especially this week in the Super Bowl. You you know you're really. It's good to see that you're learning. You know, it's I, like seeing I my am. son grow up. You know, except for I didn't know the difference between the defense and the offensive line. Yeah, but that's a like a common mistake. People always. But they are on the defense. They're de- they're, they're, defending. Know, they're defending. They're defending. Quarter, that's they, why. I that's that's why when people do that, I get what they're saying because it's yeah. like. Uh, you know they're defending the quarterback, which mm-hmm. is fine. Except it's literally the exact opposite. Uh, it's the offensive line. Yeah, the defensive line. Wow, that's actually kind of crazy to think about that. That could, that could be switched. You don't really think about that too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are gonna talk the Super Bowl, the big game. I'm talking the championship game. Obviously, it happened. It finally went down. We made it through an entire entire season. Here on the podcast, we started this show before the start of the season, um, and we made it. How many episodes is it now? 44 44 weeks. This is going to be 44 weeks in a row. We haven't missed a single episode in 44 weeks. 
That's incredible, Joe. I think that's an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. On top of all the money that we're making, the fact that we're able to go 44 weeks without missing. And listen, there were some scares for sure. Mm -hmm. There were some, you know, ups and downs. And I'm sure, you know, you were mad at me sometimes uh, when it came to the the editing schedule of the podcast. Fine. But uh, wow, we made it. And it was... uh, it was a game. It was a Super Bowl game. We watched it, um, and we're gonna talk about it uh, eventually. That's this this whole podcast after this intro banter type deal is gonna be all Super Bowl. We're gonna talk the Super Bowl. We're gonna talk the the outcome, obviously, of the Super Bowl, and we're not just gonna talk about the game, uh, but we're gonna talk about who won, who lost, uh, and we're gonna talk about how we got there, what uh, what we can take away from it. But on every show. If you guys don't know, this is your first episode. Uh, we like to start things off with a little non-football related talk. So that's what we're doing here. A, I little, you, a little cheeky back and forth. A little cheeky back and forth. A little a little banter almost, yeah. I would I would call it. A little grade A um, infamous mm. banter. That's why I gave Joe a, a little um, chance to talk about his new favorite show, Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders came out in 2013. I thought it was 2012. 20, yeah, 2013 it is. Oh, wow. Is that that's what like, it says there? It's like a pretty old thing. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hopping on the wagon late, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, glad I, I'm glad I'm here because now I have five seasons to watch. Can you guess what it has? Okay, what star rating it has on Google? Uh, what's the rating? What the star rating is. Four and a half. 4.9. 4.9. It is, it's, an, it's a phenomenal show. Can you guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is? 86%. 93%. Holy crap. Yeah. It's good. It's a great show. It is a it is a phenomenal I show. I believe you. We were having this conversation. Joe really wants me to watch Peaky Blinders. Uh and maybe eventually I will. It mm-hmm. seems like it's very well liked. 96% it says like this show. So Wow. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh I just like funny shows better. Yeah, and 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 in that way you are like my wife. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's hard because I love I love movies and TV shows that, you know, are are creative and like make you think, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, wow, that was made so well. Like that was wow, you just every episode and every sh- or like movie you watch, you're like, my goodness, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But my wife likes to watch shows and movies that are at the end of it you just can stop thinking about it. And it's like, that was hilarious. Yeah, and that's that's, that's- uh, and I've watched many shows like that. Like you're talking about like a Dexter is one of my all-time favorite shows and that was like a very serious uh, crazy show mm-hmm. uh, not funny like no comedy really aspect to it at all um but for the most part like nine times out of ten, ten if i'm choosing a new uh, also month watch the mentalist that's not really a funny show either but nine times out of ten if i'm choosing a new show it's going to be a comedy show like right now me and my wife are watching superstore which i highly recommend that show is really funny uh, really yeah oh yeah it was really good i i went into it the first episode i was like oh this is probably gonna suck but no, it's actually really good. I recommend it. But uh, you know, it's no Peaky Blinders, but it's uh, it gets the job done. That's what, like after a long day's work, I like to come home, shut the shut the old brain off, and just just watch something stupid, watch something funny. Yeah, you know? I have a hard time shutting my brain off, so I like to just occupy it with constant, constant uh, thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's fine, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say as far as that goes. Uh, I've been thinking about growing up my beard lately. Oh, you actually spoke to me about that at work today. Yeah. I think you should do it because um, freaking... <laughs> For those of you that don't good. know, <laughs> Joe and I both have what you would call 
a baby face. Uh, <laughs> neither of us, and Joe's Joe's substantially younger than me. Like you're what three years, four almost four years younger than I am. So for you, it maybe makes more ter- sense. Yeah. Uh, I can't grow a beard. I have a goatee. <laughs> I grow a goatee. Uh, people have told me it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> you know, I, just, I, I so I, I, tr- I grow a goatee all the time. I have a mustache I've been growing since basically I got married, uh, which is super embarrassing. And now I'm starting to, you know, get this hair on the side of my face. And then my wife was saying, wow, look, at that's kind of coming in. Uh, pretty good, which uh, was kind of emasculating for her to say that. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, for those of you that uh, obviously this is this is an audio thing, you can't see the hair on the side of my head. Um, think about what it looks like when a child first starts getting facial hair. That's sort of what it looks like um, <laughs> on the side of my head. But I'm gonna oh. try just because you know quarantine has kind of made everybody give up on everything. I think I'm just gonna try to just let it grow, see what happens. You know, see. If all of a sudden it just turns into a full beard one day. Yeah, I uh, I find that with maybe it, maybe it will work because I find that with my hair with my hair on my head. I know mm-hmm. it's different than your face, but I um the hair on my head. I I like I buzz my head. I've been buzzing my head for just over a month now, mm-hmm. and I think it's getting more full. Oh like yeah, it, I can and it grows so much faster now. Yeah, and I don't know. So I that's what I'm. That's maybe see, that's what I'm. If yeah, you grow it out and then. Uh, and then I don't know. That's kind of the mentality I have because it's like I cannot grow a beard to save my life. I probably will never be able to grow a beard. But on the off chance that this somehow works, and it could take years mm-hmm. for this to work. It probably will take years and I'll get sick of it. But, you know, all of a sudden, what if I have a full beard and then I can just grow a beard then? You know? Excuse you. Sorry, that was my computer making noise. Yeah, um, no, that absolutely. That's a game changer. And if all I, of a sudden you have a beard. Yeah. Like I know I will be able to. Oh yeah, but for you, I don't know. Yeah, like, when but you I grow know up, I'm gonna be able when to you grow up, you'll be able to grow a beard. Here's the thing: my facial hair <laughs> currently yeah. is ten times better than yours was when you were my age. That's what you think. That's actually not true. That is probably pretty true. I remember you at 19, Joe. Okay, well, I don't. That was all a blur. Okay, I feel like I had this goatee at 19. Not really. I I could, Joe. I could have something similar, not nearly as full. Yeah, man, mine's luscious at this point. Yeah, it's not ever... just—it's not just a little little greasy thing anymore. Like it's you know, it's got some heft to it. <laughs> it's got some—it's got some meat on its bones, some yeah. hair on its chest, and some hair on its chest. Um, That's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you brought. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like like I said, I don't know uh, where we go from here. Uh, you know, as far as that goes. But yeah, I'm just going to see what happens. Uh, it's like I've gotten to the point, like, and I was thinking at work, what are the reasons why I ever shave now? Because it's like we're still on lockdown pretty much everywhere. That's true. Uh, COVID will never end. Um, I don't actually go anywhere except for work. Mm-hmm. And my wife is already stuck with me. So, you know, the uglier I get, true. you know, she can't leave at this point. Well, legally she can, but <laughs> come on. Not in the eyes of God. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's stuck with me, so I'm. You know, I'm just gonna try the beard thing out, see what happens. Uh, Do it, we, and then uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, I guess. we'll keep keep you updated on that for sure. Uh, but without further ado, Joe, unless you got something else you want to talk about, uh, we might just jump straight into recapping the big game.
Here we are, we finally made it through the 2020-2021 NFL season. We, we end things off with a Super Bowl for the ages, one that had a ton of hype going to the Super Bowl. Maybe didn't live up to the hype quite as much, but you know, in the year 2020 slash 2021, what is really living up to the hype anyways? Mm. Am I right, Joe? Yeah, you're right. Uh, you have any thoughts on the 31-9 to victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Kansas City Chiefs oh. in Tampa Bay? I Yeah, you heard a couple of my thoughts on Sunday as mm-hmm. well as yesterday. Or is, today. Yeah. And yesterday. this is why I'm asking. I thought you had some really great analysis yeah. at, at, at points. Okay, that's good. Do you want me to say those analysis, analyses right now? Well, you can wait if you want. But I, I Okay, you said something about Tom Brady. When we first saw Tom Brady on the screen... Yes. You remember what you said? I, I remember that. Yeah. And and I had a I had a I had a weird feeling. I seriously did. I yeah. had when when we first saw Tom Brady on the screen walking up with his team, this guy looked young. Yes. He looked absolutely yeah. y- 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 like young and ready to kick butt. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, when, I just when he walked out, I looked at him and I was like, yeah. "Holy smokes." This guy's ready. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I yeah, I can I can I can speak for some somebody that was watching you experience this. Yeah. And it really seemed like it did something to you. Seeing Tom Brady on the screen, you're just like, "Wow." Yeah. Okay. It's like cuz you picked the Chiefs to win, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. But, but the second that you saw Tom Brady, I think you even said that, "Okay, I I'm, did. I did I'm right rooting away. for the Buccaneers now." Yep. And it was just, it did something to you. It, it was it was a weird phenomenon. Like, when he walked out, I was like, he looks young. He looks ready. Like, <laughs> And he did. I agree. Like, when we first saw him on the screen, like, he looked like he was 24. Like, and that that is, when it comes down to it, that is what Tom Brady is. That is the reason that he has succeeded as long as he has his ability to stay young. I mean, the guy's 43 years old. Nobody's ever done this. Played quarterback at 43. Uh, nonetheless win a freaking Super Bowl against the best people what people thought was the best quarterback in the NFL the guy that was going to come and steal his crown the guy that was going to take the torch away from Tom Brady but yet Tom Brady uh, very much in the same aspect that you're talking about how he looked uh, so young just in his face just 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 you know that way Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say um just visually in his face looked different that's how his game was this year too because like when he was in new england that last year and they lost to tennessee uh in the playoffs uh he was not the player that he was this year and you can say that that was the talent that he was surrounded by or or uh or he wasn't having fun in new new england or whatever it is but people thought that he was washed like legitimately you go back to the beginning of this season uh, not very many people thought the Bucs had a chance to to mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl. Some people thought that the Bucs weren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, and that's because the belief was Tom Brady was washed and it's going to be a sad experience, him in Tampa Bay, because he can't throw anymore. Uh, he's, he's just not the same guy. He's got that noodle arm. And all he does is he becomes the best deep ball passer in the NFL. And he has probably his best year. You could argue this is the best best statistical year of his entire career which you know you can go back to his mvp season the, the season that he had with randy moss where he threw for uh 45 touchdowns i think it was which was a record at the time uh you can say that that was maybe his best year but this is definitely a, a top three season of his career which is just insane to do at 43 but yeah that really struck me when when i saw you have that reaction just seeing tom brady and seeing 
uh, he just, yeah, he just, he just looked ready, I guess. You know? Yeah. It was just like an immediate mm-hmm. thing. You were like, yep, Tom Brady's going to win this yeah. thing. And it's just, I don't know how we didn't see it coming, man. He does this every single year. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the only thing that are consistent in life, death, taxes, and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's <laughs> yeah. the only thing that we can count on. Um, and yes, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. It's his seventh Super Bowl victory uh, in his illustrious career. Joe, you're not the only illustrious one <clears throat> on this episode. His seventh Super Bowl, which is, fun fact, more Super Bowls than any NFL franchise has altogether. Any <laughs> franchise. So you can, like the Packers, they don't have seven Super Bowls in their whole franchise. The, the Patriots, who, who Tom Brady played for, they don't have seven Super Bowls in their franchise history. The Steelers, they don't have seven Super Bowls. Tom Brady himself has more Super Bowls than any team in history, That's... which is outrageous. Yikes. And for the longest time, he was compared to Joe Montana, who won four Super Bowls. That was seen as like the mark that you had to pass to be the GOAT is, is getting four Super Bowl rings. Tom Brady passed that, and he now has four five Super Bowl MVPs. So he has more Super Bowl MVP yeah. trophies. He could very well double it. Yeah. Like the amount of Super Bowls, I'm saying, than Joe Montana. Yeah, than, than, than Joe Montana. And I think he will. Literally. That's, yeah, I, that, I didn't even think about that. But that, he totally could. He, he if he, well, he, the way he's playing right now, and we have to be careful because quarterbacks, I think, can fall off an extremely steep cliff uh, in just out of nowhere. It happened with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning played an MVP level every year uh, in Denver, except for the year that he evidently won the Super Bowl. Uh, but his last year there in Denver, he fell off a huge cliff. And he he just didn't look like a half-decent quarterback when, when he's a Hall of Famer. He just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, or he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, and we got to be careful when we say things like, oh, Tom Brady's going to play till he's 50 because you, you never know. Uh, eventually, you think father time will catch up to him. But Tom Brady, just just a different scenario. I mean, the guy, he's aging differently. And I think it's it, it's not luck. It comes from a ton of hard work from, on his part. He, he is a complete psychopath when it comes to winning. This is how I always describe him to, to friends that maybe don't know as much about football and, and they kind of want to know what the deal is with Tom Brady, why he's so successful, is because he is com- a complete psycho when it comes to winning. All he cares about is winning. His wife has wanted him to retire for like for like five seasons already. I remember after that Super Bowl, uh, when they were down 28-3 to in the third quarter against the Falcons, he comes back, wins that game. Uh, Giselle, his wife, says, this is the perfect thing to walk out on the sunset on. Like, you, you you just had the greatest comeback in the history of football. Down 28-3 in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. You come back and win that game. Now's the time to walk away. And then since then, he's won two more Super Bowls since then. Uh, and it's just, it's absurd. I mean, the, that, the fact that he has five Super Bowl MVPs, which is more Super Bowls than Joe Montana, or more, he has more Super Bowl MVPs than Joe Montana has. He's appeared in 10 Super Bowls. Um... For the Buccaneers, it's their second Super Bowl in franchise history, first since 2002. Uh, they're also the first team uh, to host a Super Bowl, and now they're the first team to win a Super Bowl in their hometown. Uh, what an incredible season it was for the Buccaneers. I know there was times where it seemed like this was going to go awry, things were going to go bad. Bruce Arians didn't look like he was enjoying coaching there. They were they had a, they were on a losing streak, I think, there. for I think they lost three games in a row. 
uh, and it ended off with that Kansas City game in Week 12. The Chiefs, they played the Chiefs in Week 12. Uh, they lost. They lost. They got off to that horrible, horrible start. And since that Week 12 loss, the Buccaneers had not have not lost a single game. They've won eight in a row to close out the season. That's including playoffs, including the Super Bowl. Uh, what an incredible finish to which really I think this is one of the seasons you you have to go you have to look back on just how crazy it was for the for the Buccaneers to get here. A team that wasn't even in the playoffs last year, a team that was an afterthought. They go out and they sign Tom Brady and they and they sign all these guys. And it just immediately works. It reminds me a lot of when uh, the Toronto Raptors in the NBA signed Kawhi Leonard, and then it immediately turned into a, a, a championship team. That's kind of the same thing that we saw here. Uh, and as far as the Chiefs go, uh, they failed to win back-to-back Super Bowls. That was all the talk. Run it back. Hashtag back-to-back. All that stuff. The 2003-2004 Patriots are still the last team to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, this is... Patrick Mahomes' very first double-digit loss since 2016 against Iowa State. That so was when he's he was never lost by double digits in the, in, in the in NFL. The NFL. In the NFL, he's never lost by double digits until this point. So that's that's insane, and that's something <laughs> that that speaks to uh, how incredible Patrick Mahomes is. I worry that casual fans that watch this game are going to not understand how good the Chiefs and how good Patrick Mahomes are, how insane this is that the that the Chiefs lost 31 to 9. Like this is it's this is not something that's normal. This is not something that anybody expected. I fear that that uh, casual fans will now have this this picture of what Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are. This is not what they are. And that's why this this Super Bowl was insane. This was literally the least likely outcome I saw going into this game. I, I, if anybody was going to blow out anybody, I would have thought it would have been the Kansas City Chiefs blowing out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because how dominant Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have been since he came into the NFL. I would have never in a million years guessed that, one, the Buccaneers would completely beat the brakes off the Kansas City Chiefs, and two, the Kansas City Chiefs would go the entire game without sco- uh, scoring a single touchdown. That's the first time, that's another fun fact, the first time in Patrick Mahomes' football career that his team has not scored a touchdown in a game. I'm talking... Wow. I'm talking NFL, college, high school. Patrick Mahomes have never gone a game without scoring a touchdown. And it happened on the biggest stage of them all, going for back-to-back Super Bowls, which is incredible. And that speaks, again, to the greatness of Tom Brady because the only two playoff losses that Patrick Mahomes has in his career right now are both to Tom Brady. One in New England in his first year, and now this Super Bowl loss uh, with, with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. But here we are on the tail end of a 31-9 to uh, beatdown in the Super Bowl. We're going to go over how we got to this point. How did we get to the 31-9 to score? How did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers embarrass the Kansas City Chiefs? How did they walk away uh, with Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl victory. And like I said, uh, this to me was the least likely outcome going into the game. I did not think uh, by any means that Tampa Bay would 
blow out the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Tampa Bay won. I always gave them a chance to win. I did pick Kansas City. I will not lie. I picked Kansas City. I think 33-23 was what I projected the, the final score to be. Uh, I, a lot of people picked Kansas City. Uh, but I always thought that the, the Buccaneers matched up extremely well uh, with what Kansas City does. Um, and and that showed. I mean, they obviously, they, they matched up perfectly because they went out... Uh, and they won in dominating fashion. But, and this is the biggest Super Bowl blowout in Tom Brady's 10 Super Bowls. He's never been a part of a blowout, blowout at all. They've all been close games. And that was another reason why I just was not expecting a blowout. Because even when Tom Brady plays really well, even when Tom Brady wins Super Bowls, they're never blowouts. He always wins at the last second or he loses at the last second. They always come down to the wire. This is the first time in his entire career that that he's won or lost in a blowout. But if we're talking about how we got to this point, uh, I think we have to start with the biggest story. And as much as we've talked about Tom Brady, um, as much as we've talked about Patrick Mahomes, the biggest story in this game was not really either of those guys. Um, it was the defenses, uh, in this, especially the Tampa Bay defense. I thought going into this game, both defenses look both defenses look like they went into this game with very similar ideas with much different execution and results. I think both teams went in with the mindset of getting to the quarterback. And that sounds obvious. Duh. Of course, of course you want to get to the quarterback. Uh, but I think both teams saw their key to success. Their way to win is to get to the quarterback, disrupt the quarterback. They've been talking about this for Tom Brady uh, in all of his Super Bowls, every single Super Bowl he's been to, the way you beat Tom Brady is to get pressure up the middle and to to get him off his spot. Uh, and obviously, uh, Kansas City made a concerted effort to try and, and get to Tom Brady, and so did the Buccaneers to Patrick Mahomes. But the interesting thing is, we talked about on last week's episode um, how Tampa Bay is very blitz-heavy. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator there for Tampa Bay, loves to blitz. During the regular season, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blitz on 39% of dropbacks. That was the third highest mark among all teams, 39 times. In this game, they blitzed five times, five times. And I think three of those were early on in the game, potentially on the first two drives. Five snaps, they blitz. The biggest story in this game was, and anybody can see it, Joe, you, you, not to say you, uh, even this idiot can see it, but you know you saw something happening to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, as somebody who is more of a casual viewer of football, you mm -hmm. you saw what was the problem with Patrick? Why could Patrick Mahomes not uh, not be Patrick Mahomes in this game? Because every single time that Patrick Mahomes got his little fingers on the ball, he had 1.3 seconds to make a decision on what he was going to do, and it was always run backwards because he had so much pressure right <laughs> yes. away. Instantly, he Instantly. had pressure on, like, on him. In 1.3 seconds might be generous. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, Joe was saying it during the game. Uh, I didn't even bring it up. You, you said... Patrick Mahomes has no time to throw the ball. Like, and that, that was the key to this game. Um, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure. And that's, that was him with defenders around him in his face, under pressure, 27 of his 56 dropbacks. That's 48, almost half of his dropbacks. He was under pressure. And it felt like a lot more than it, that. I was going to say, I, I it felt, felt like I didn't even see a single one. I know. It <laughs> felt like 
eight percent of I his know. dropbacks. But but forty eight percent is still an insane amount. And they did this on only on only five blitzes. Almost every single time uh, they got to to Patrick Mahomes, it was on four just a four man rush, just a just a average four man rush. What the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were constantly doing pre snap, they would show blitz. They would have a linebacker come up or a safety come up, and they would show blitz. It would it would look like they were going to blitz, and right as a snap, the ball was snapped, that linebacker, that blitzer would step off, they would rush four, and they would still get to Patrick Mahomes with those four guys. There's times in this game with three defenders they got to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes have no time, and you can blame it on the fact that they were missing their starting tackles. Obviously, that was a huge, huge factor in this game, uh, and we talked about that last week, and everybody talked about the fact that Tampa Bay... Uh, or Kansas City, rather, it doesn't have their starting two tackles, and they don't have their starting guard um, from from the begin from last season. Uh, and I think all of us just assumed that Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs offense was going to find a way to to work around that, find a way to y- yes, that sucks. Uh, tackles are extremely extremely important, um, but I I think we all just thought this team is special enough that they're going to find a way to to get around the fact that they're missing their starting tackles. But that was not the case. As much as Patrick Mahomes tried, and he tried so hard, like Joe said, when he, as soon as the ball touched his hands, he already was taking a step back on almost every single snap that he took. And there was so many plays in this game where he's running backwards. He's got his back turned to the play. He's he's spinning around. He's running in circles. He's throwing insane passes. And some of the passes that Patrick Mahomes made in this game, there was one where he was completely lateral with yeah, the ground. sidearm. Yeah, literally sidearm, lateral with the ground. And good throws. He flicks it 40 yards downfield into yeah. the end zone. Yep. And... Off the face mask of of, of there his were teammate, like two or three opportunities that I saw for touchdowns. Oh yeah, just stuff like that. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, like he, you cannot say that he did not try in this game, despite his his toe injury and everything. He did his darndest to do everything that he could. I mean, you really he, his arm strength was on full display in this game because he just didn't have any time, and he, and, and he would be running around for four or five seconds. A little flick of the wrist, uh, wrist, not risk. Um, and his his teammates did not help him up. Travis Kelsey had some big drops at points. Uh, I think Demarcus Robinson had some drops. Even Tyreek Hill. Uh, there was there's uh, some of the receivers were getting the ball deflected off their face mask, uh, and you can't do that when your quarterback is is in such in such a terrible spot and under so much pressure. Uh, and I think. That was the key to the game. Get it. Shaq Barrett, JPP, um, Vita Vea, and Dominican Sue had a really big game. Those four guys uh, getting to Patrick Mahomes was the reason that Tampa Bay won this game. And I thought Kansas City, like we talked about, they I think they had the, very much the same mentality uh, as Tampa Bay going to the game. They wanted to get to Tom Brady. They wanted to pressure Tom Brady. They sent a lot more blitzes. I went back and watched this the condensed version of this game uh, yesterday. As I was taking notes, uh, it looked to me like Kansas City sent a lot of a lot more exotic blitzes. Uh, they they obviously don't have the pass rush uh, players that Tampa Bay does. Uh, it just didn't work. I, I've never, I haven't seen a game be this dominated at the line of scrimmage uh, 
it's probably since that Seattle versus Denver game, the Super Bowl, when Seattle, I think, won 43 to 8 or whatever it was. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers dominated the game at the line of scrimmage. Their, their defensive line dominated the Chiefs offensive line. Their offensive line dominated the Chiefs defensive line. And that brings me to the offense, which is another thing that was so dominant uh, at times in this in this game for Tampa Bay. Uh, the, the Bucs came out early uh, determined to run the ball. Uh, you could tell right from the get-go. They, they were going to run the ball. They were going to establish the run, which is something that we've seen at times uh, in games where they've lost, games where they've been down. They completely uh, abandoned the run early. We saw it in that New Orleans game when they got blown out on, on Sunday Night Football where they had, I think they had like five rush attempts. That was absolutely not the case in this game. They were determined to run the ball. Even when they got down three to nothing, um, they, they did a, nothing flashy, just power running, uh, run the ball up the gut with Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, who, who, who has played tremendous uh, in this playoffs. Uh, and then when, when they're not running, it was all quick passes. It was a quick pass. It was little screen plays. It was slants. It was play action pass. And that's why you run the ball as much as they did to set up play action pass, set up those short little plays and not allow the pressure to get to Tom Brady. And that I think was the biggest thing. Tom Brady wasn't under pressure in this game because he didn't hold the ball for very long. And that's what he's been doing for years. As much as this is a deep threat offense uh, and Tom Brady was was probably the best deep ball thrower uh, in the NFL. In this game, you didn't see a whole lot of deep shots. Every once in a while, uh, they would they would take a shot deep, but for the most part, it was little little dump offs, little screen plays, little slants, play action pass, just things to get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands as quick as possible. And who better to get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands than his old friend Rob Gronkowski? Gronk, uh, that guy. How did we not guess that Rob Gronkowski was gonna have? Uh, an all-time game in the Super Bowl, despite not doing much during the regular season. Joe, I think you had him had him on your fantasy team, did you not? Rob I Gronkowski? did, and he did jack all for me. Yeah, the whole jack season. all exactly. He didn't do a whole lot during the regular season. Uh, but what do you know? Uh, in the in the grandest stage of them all, Gronkowski scores two touchdowns and is the leading receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs did a decent job keeping Mike Evans in check, Chris Godwin in check. Uh, but Rob Gronkowski was a game wrecker uh, in this game. Antonio Brown had himself a touchdown. And Leonard Fournette, like we talked about, was a huge part uh, of this of this win for this Tampa Bay offense. It's crazy to think that uh, those, those four guys, whatever, A.B., Gronk, Fournette, and Tom Brady, were the, the key cogs, the, the key uh, gears in the machine that was this offense. Uh, and they were four guys that weren't on this team last year. They were off-season acquisitions. Uh, and it didn't help that late in the game, the Chiefs absolutely could not stop a nosebleed. I mean, it got to the middle of the third quarter. The Chiefs were down whatever it was at that point. And it just seemed like the Chiefs defense wanted to go home. They did not want to be there. Uh, and the Chiefs, as much as they were down, I think they were down 21 to six going into halftime. Uh, and it was just, you always felt like the Chiefs are going to wake up. The Chiefs are going to wake up. At some point, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to wake up. And it, it, it got to like the middle of the third quarter. 
uh, and you're still thinking, okay, the Chiefs have to wake up. They have to wait. They always do this. They're down. They're down. They're going to wake up. And they just never did. And, and that was something that I think was so surprising for a lot of people to see. The Chiefs just never woke up. And I think it's extremely hard to wake up when every time you try to wake up, somebody knocks you unconscious. Because that's literally what was happening in this game. Every time the Chiefs would try to wake up, they would get a drive going. Uh, they'd get knocked out by, by this Tampa Bay front four, uh, by this defensive line. Uh, really good coverage downfield. That's another thing um, that is not talked about. Not only did they... Uh, rushed the passer extremely well. Todd Bowles just had an overall insanely good uh, scheme going to this game. He he had a, a tremendous game plan. Not enough credit, or I mean, plenty of credit has been given to Todd Bowles, but um, he deserves all that credit because his his ability to 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 draw up this game plan, have those have those pass rushers, and then he dropped two safeties on almost every play to prevent Tyree Kill from from beating them downfield. I thought their linebackers played really well. Uh, despite uh, Travis Kelsey having 130 yards uh, in this game, uh, I thought the tackling was really, really key, especially for the linebackers. They were not allowing the Chiefs to get these extra yards off these screen passes, off these little dump-offs, off Travis Kelsey. Uh, they were just tackling really well. They were not letting these extra yards that kill other teams that play the Kansas City Chiefs. And those were kind of the keys to a Tampa Bay victory. And I'm going to go over a, a few final takeaways from what was a crazy, crazy Super Bowl 55. Um, and my first takeaway from this game is how the fate of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so drastically changed with this offseason, this last offseason. Because going into the season, I remember talking, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I definitely talked about it uh, maybe to myself in my head, uh, but there was thought, some thought that Tampa Bay was going to run it back with Jameis Winston. They were going to sign Jameis Winston to an extension. I think Bruce Arians even even said at times that they were planning on signing Jameis Winston to an extension. And I can't imagine. I just I I can't imagine being a Buccaneer. This is what I was thinking at the time. I can't imagine being a Buccaneers fan and actually being trying to be excited for another year of Jameis Winston. Uh, and you can talk about Jameis Winston's talent, his arm talent, all that. 30 interceptions is not going to get it done. I don't care how many touchdowns you threw if you throw 30 touchdowns. 30 interceptions is not going to work. So for me, I remember going into these offseason saying, if the Buccaneers really bring back Jameis Winston, I don't, I cannot believe in them. Uh, and it's crazy how much that completely flipped just on a couple signings. Credit to their GM, Jason Light, Bruce Arians, for, for just going for it, going for it. Tom Brady became available, which is another thing that none of us thought would happen at the beginning of the offseason. Uh, it, was, it was an insane thought to think that Tom Brady would be available uh, in free agency, but he was. Uh, and Tampa Bay said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go get the greatest of all time. We're going to bring in Leonard Fournette. We're going to bring in uh, Rob Gronkowski. We're going to bring in Antonio Brown because we're going for it. Uh, and it's crazy how one offseason completely changes uh, this team from a middle-of-the-pack non-playoff team uh, to a Super Bowl champion. Uh, and you cannot stress enough, I think, how much bringing in Tom Brady changed the culture there. And this is something that Bruce Arians has talked about over and over and over. 
And this is something that we saw, I think, with Peyton Manning when he got to Denver, uh, is just completely change the culture of that locker room. There, there was reports coming out that Tom Brady was texting his teammates all during the week uh, of the Super Bowl saying, we are going to win, or we will win, we will win. We, he would just text his teammates this. And there's no doubt in my mind that bringing in Tom Brady, a guy who has been to 10 Super Bowls now, who's won seven Super Bowls now, complete, can completely change the culture uh, of this team. Uh, and that, that's exactly what happened, I think. I think all these guys said, you know what, we can win. Because we have Tom Brady. Tom Brady knows how to win. He's going to lead us to win. And you can you can say, yes, the defense was the biggest reason why they won this game. But there's no way they're in this spot without Tom Brady. And stop stop making excuses. Uh, stop trying to bel- belittle what Tom Brady has done. A lot of people want to talk about penalties in this game. Uh, and penalties were a huge factor for Kansas City. But Kansas City had 11 penalties for 120 yards. Uh, that's brutal. Tampa Bay had four penalties for 39 yards. Um, if you really want to get into blaming this game on the referees, I think <laughs> I think you're so lost because I don't think the referees uh, had anything to do with the with the domination uh, that Tampa Bay put on Kansas City. Uh, you can talk. Were there some bad calls? Yes, sure. I absolutely agree. But there was also some complete boneheaded moves by Kansas City in this game that cost them huge plays. Uh, Early on, there was an unnecessary roughness on Chris Jones in the second quarter. Just a stupid play. He was swinging. Uh, You cannot retaliate like that. You can't throw, you can't like push a guy around uh, in the Super Bowl. You got to be smarter than that, especially uh, coming off a Super Bowl. You think that they would know better than that. And then there was the holding call uh, on Traverius Ward that turns an an, an interception uh, by Honey Badger into a first down for Tampa Bay. Uh, that was one of those ticky-tack uh, plays that people were not too happy about. But that's devastating to go from an interception, all the momentum on their side, to a first down for the other team. Completely kill your momentum. Uh, and, and the next play after that is actually a touchdown to Rob Gronkowski. Uh, and then there was another defensive pass interference play uh, at the end of the second half. That helped the Buccaneers score a touchdown. That was another one where people thought that it was uh, a bad call, and I, I can kind of agree with that. Uh, but then on on that same drive, Honey Badger has a, has a defensive pass interference in the end zone that puts the ball on the one yard line, sets up the Antonio Brown touchdown. And then Honey Badger's talking so much crap uh, to Tom Brady, and that's another thing that happened in this game. Honey, uh, Tyron Matthew, Honey, Honey Badger. Uh, was in the face of Tom Brady. Him and Tom Brady were getting into it. Uh, and I loved it. I loved to see Tom Brady getting in Honey Badger's face. That was so fun to watch. Uh, Tom Brady chased him at one point because Honey Badger was waving his finger in his face. Uh, I'm not sure what you have to talk about when you're getting torched uh, defensively by Tom Brady. But Honey Badger was talking. Tom Brady was getting in his face. Uh, and just too many mistakes. Just a lack of discipline on the Kansas City uh, defense and, and team in general. There's so many calls in this game. Uh, you can talk about the bad ones, but there's also a bunch of uh, ones that were just stupid. There, there was the offsides penalty on one of those field goals. It was a field goal attempt uh, by Tampa Bay. And then there's an offsides on the field goal. That drive ends up in a touchdown. Uh, and, and it's just little things like that. You'd think that a, a defending Super Bowl champ would be smarter than that. Uh, 
so to me, you can you could blame it on the referees, but I think you're just you're crazy. And and that that really comes down to I see a lot of people trying to say that Tom Brady um, is lucky or Tom Brady. The only reason he's as successful as he is is luck, pure luck. Oh, he has great defenses carrying him every single year. Uh, and I feel so bad for those people that that genuinely try to make themselves believe this because I used to be in that spot where I hated Tom Brady. Uh, I did everything I could to 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 say, no, no, Tom Brady's not good. He's just lucky. He's just lucky. His defenses, his defenses. Uh, what a sad existence that must be uh, to be rooting against the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest football player of all time. It's like rooting against Michael Jordan. It's just you're, you're exhausting yourself. You're not going to win. Tom Brady's going to win every single time in the end. If, if, if you genuinely think that for 20 years, 10 Super Bowls, 7 Super Bowl victories, Tom Brady's gotten lucky every single time, I mean, you just need to grow up, man. <laughs> like, you just need to grow up. There's, there's no other way around it. Uh, if you genuinely think the only reason that he is where he is at is because of luck, uh, yeah, you you got to find a hobby. You got to find something better to do because hating on Tom Brady like that is just, you're never going to win. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. This run proved it. Him beating Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and then Patrick Mahomes uh, on a brand new team. Uh, we saw what the Patriots are without him. Uh, Tom Brady is amazing. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, and what what a finish uh, to to a crazy season, a crazy finish uh, to a crazy season. But that kind of wraps up uh, the Super Bowl recap, and that's kind of gonna wrap up our show. Um, before we get into the end of the show, things here, I just want to give a quick uh, shout out or quick uh, just just talk real quick about something that happened. Uh, this last week, just just the day before the Super Bowl, um, I I I got word that uh, Chris Westling uh, of the Around the NFL podcast. For those of you that don't know, the Around the NFL podcast uh, is a podcast that I listen to. I talk about a lot on this podcast actually because they were an inspiration to me. Uh, we this podcast does not exist without the Around the NFL podcast. They're the only podcast that I listen to weekly without fail i i don't miss an episode uh there's a bunch of other podcasts that i listen to but no podcast do i listen to the same way as the around the nfl podcast and i would highly recommend it uh it's a tremendous tremendous podcast uh one that i've been listening to for probably oh, shoot five six seven years something like that uh going back to just fresh out of high school uh and they've been such a big part of my life uh, and if you follow the show on Instagram, you've seen recently, uh, in, whether it's in my story or wherever, wherever it is, I've been posting a lot about Chris Wessling and his battle uh, with cancer. And unfortunately, this week, uh, it came out that uh, Chris Wessling lost his battle uh, with cancer. Um, and uh, it's, it's really sad. Uh, and it feels weird to, to mourn so heavily over somebody uh, that you've that you've never met. I've never met him in real life, but in a sense, the fact that I listened to this podcast, I heard his voice uh, multiple times a week for years. Uh, it, it feels like I lost a friend. It, it really does. Um, and from 
if if you haven't heard about Chris Wessling or you don't know um, the person that he is, you can go on NFL.com. You can go anywhere. Just type in his name uh, and you'll see these these amazing tributes to the guy that he was um, and the legacy that he lives. Uh, he just, it's, it's really unfortunate. Uh, cancer sucks so bad, so bad. Uh, and I, I, my thoughts and prayers are with uh, his wife, Lakeisha, and uh, his son, uh, who was born, I think, less than a year ago now. Um, I, I, I can't imagine what they're going through, uh, but my thoughts and my prayers are with them. Uh, and I just, again, I cannot say how much of an impact Chris Wessling has made on my life, uh, on, on, where, on who I am, honestly. Uh, he's just been such a big part of my life. And just knowing that I'll never get to hear him on the Around the NFL podcast again, it, it's super disappointing uh, and super sad. Honestly, I'm not sure how else to describe it, but I just wanted to just just shout him out because I think that he deserves it. Uh, and he's just such an incredible person. I remember when uh, he, he was diagnosed with cancer for the first time uh, and then he beat it. And then the second time... Um, he he was diagnosed with cancer for the second time, and I posted a story on on my on the show's Instagram, uh, just saying my support uh, for Chris Wessling because, like I said, uh, an amazing guy, and I want to support him. Um, and I remember him responding to that story um, and saying something like, uh, "Sorry, it took so long to to respond or whatever. Um, I just had a lot of." Uh, messages to catch up on or whatever and I was not expecting a response from him uh, but the fact that he felt almost obligation to respond to somebody he'd never even met before he 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 had no idea who I was uh, he he had no there was no reason why he needed to respond but that just kind of shows the person that he was uh, and that he just went out of his way uh, to respond to all these messages uh, to to let us know that that he, he saw that we were rooting for him. Um, so just, yeah, I don't know really where else to go with this other than say uh, rest in peace to to a, a great uh, podcaster, a great NFL writer, um, and a great man in Chris Wessling. And my thoughts and prayers are with uh, all of his family and his friends. And uh, yeah, rest in peace. And on that somber note, uh, we'll try to switch gears here a little bit and end this show off. Joe, I don't know about you, but I had I had a good time today mm-hmm. on today's show. Uh, we made it, like we said, 44 weeks without missing an episode. And that's, that's going to end next week. Uh, we're actually quitting the podcast. <laughs> that's <laughs> we're it. We're done now. It, it's oh. over. Uh, it's getting too hot in here. I'm sweating too much. I mm-hmm. just can't take it anymore. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we are taking a break, however. We talked about we've made it 44 straight weeks. Uh, it's been a grind. It's been fun. Who would have, who would have thought that we would have made it through uh, this 2020 NFL season when it seemed like we might not ever have games? Uh, and I, I want to just say thank you to everybody that's been with us this whole time uh, from the beginning. And those of you that have just joined us recently, I uh, appreciate you. And those that will join us in the future, future. Um, I'm really excited for where this podcast is going to go. Um, and, and we have big plans, uh, inside and outside the podcast. Uh, and we're going to work on those plans in these next 
25 days, I think it is. We're taking 25 days off. I think it's about three and a half weeks we're going to take off. We're coming back March 9th, just in time for the start of free agency here in the NFL. March 9th, and that's going to be a Tuesday. So also during the offseason, we're going to switch our upload schedule back to what it was when we initially started uh, the podcast. We're going to go back to Tuesday uploads. We're going to be recording on the weekends, uploading it Tuesday. So we will be taking a few weeks break. Uh, Like I said, I appreciate everybody that supported us uh, throughout this whole way. We're super excited. We're going to be, it's not just going to be a rest during these three and a half weeks. We're going to be working on ways to better the podcast, uh, make it better, uh, do everything we can to to continue to improve. And who knows when we come back and we do off-season stuff, eventually when we get into the real thick of it, the real slow part of the of the off season, we might start doing a few non-football related things on the podcast. Just have a little fun with it, uh, brainstorm a little bit. Um, there's also potential of a new non-football related podcast that we're going to be working on. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be uh, worked on in, in, in a couple of weeks. I'm not going to say when it's going to be released because we have no clue, but that's another thing that we're going to be working on uh, in the coming weeks, Joe. But I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we before we wrap things up? No, man, I'm all ears. You're all ears. Very good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna really take these three and a half weeks to just really try to grow out this beard. Yeah, we'll get, <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to you on the ninth to see this uh, yeah. the update. Maybe we'll do some before and after pics. I'm just gonna. I can't com- promise that. <laughs> no, I absolutely can't promise that. But it's hot in here. I'm sweaty. Mm, I don't know about it you. Is. Before we close, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Still trying to get Twitter figured out. Instagram underscore average Joe show. Joe, you got anything that you that you want them to follow you on? Yeah, guys, all? check out Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Peaky the, <laughs> season six is actually going to come out in a uh, someday. Joe's actually maybe. the executive producer. On I am the executive six. producer. On Peaky Blinders, but yeah. Uh, stay tuned to the Instagram account. Uh, th- these next few weeks, I'm, I think I'm going to just upload some stuff on there. So we won't be doing a podcast, but I'll, I'll try to like put some stuff up there. Some content would appreciate the support. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys, uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple podcasts. Give us a good review. Um, all that good stuff. Make sure you, you share the podcast. Like I said, you have no clue how much sharing the podcast means especially at the beginning of our podcast here we are 44 weeks in but we're still very much a new podcast Uh, so make sure you guys share it with other people that might enjoy it uh but wow it's just i almost don't want to close the show because we're just not going to be back for a while yeah it's kind of sad actually it is a bit sad it's it's weird taking a break when we've been so consistent for for almost a year i know and there's some weeks where uh when we'll record and then by the next time we record, it's only a week later, but it feels like it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been weird that we that we actually have, through holidays, through everything, done every single week yeah. consistently when, yeah, it's We're going to forget how to do this, man. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so please stick with us when we come back. But when we come back, we're going to be coming back better than ever. Yes. We're going to jump right into free agency stuff. It's going to mm. be, I think, like literally two weeks uh, ahead not even two weeks ahead of free agency on the ninth there uh free agency starts on the 17th so it's just over just a week yeah so we're gonna we're gonna do a ton of free agency stuff maybe do some non-football related stuff super fun uh but without further ado uh thank you guys for being along with us on the crazy 2020 2021 season it's been real it's been crazy and we will catch you guys on the next one